BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Rich from the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast. Just want to put a quick little note before this episode. Uh, We recorded this hours before we learned about the news uh, of Bill Russell's death. So we had this episode scheduled, uh, recorded, everything ready to go. Uh, and then we found out about the news of Bill Russell's death. We decided to still schedule and release this episode uh, as normal. Uh, but don't worry, we are going to do a huge, huge episode this week uh, covering the life and the career of Bill Russell, one of the more iconic figures in sports history, uh, of course, basketball history. Uh, we've done a numerous, numerous episodes about Bill Russell. We had an entire series about Bill Russell four years ago uh, called WrestleMania. Uh, but we are going to... Uh, do as much as we can to honor his life and his career uh, later this week. But we had this episode ready to go. We kind of wrestled with, hey, do we even release this thing or do we hold off and release our Bill Russell episode? Uh, instead, we decided to release this one. So uh, enjoy this episode uh, about dynasties and uh, tiers of dynasties and other fun discussions. And uh, keep in mind that later this week, uh, you will get an entire episode about the life and career of Bill Russell. We are going to do that for you guys. But uh, yeah, this episode will be as normally scheduled and everything. Just wanted to let you guys know that this was recorded before we learned of Bill Russell's death. So, um, again, we will have an episode later this week on the life of career of Bill Russell. But uh, in the meantime, enjoy this episode. Thank you. Welcome to the Over and Back Classic NBA Podcast, brought to you by Stathead. I am Jason, and with me as usual is Rich. Hello, Rich. Hello. Brought to you by Stathead. We're big time here. Jeez. Yeah. More on that in a Love little it. bit. But Love it. Yes. Yeah, exciting stuff. Yeah. And we are here to talk about NBA dynasties, which is, uh, of course, a, a favorite topic of ours. We've spent some time talking about this before, but I think we're going to adjust our thinking a little bit on it and talk about the tiers for NBA dynasties, kind of trying to see if we can kind of get some division, you know, talk about the most dominant dynasties and kind of the middle tier and kind of a bottom tier. I think we're going to be flexible on our, our definition of dynasty. There might be some teams we talk about as dynasties here, like in that tier three that some people might not say fits their exact definition of dynasties, but, but we're willing to be flexible here, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely think we are. And I, I, I was kind of surprised when, you know, when we were talking about this and, and again, like you said, we like to talk about dynasties. We've done a few different episodes about that one we did a couple years ago 
uh, was, you know, the Warriors are a dynasty now, right? And and that yeah. one, we, we kind of explored what makes a dynasty and what doesn't make sure. a dynasty. And we'll do that a little bit here as well. But I was kind of surprised, too. I, I we, you know, on Twitter, we we put out, hey, you know, we're going to do a show about dynasties and, you know, what to you makes a dynasty. Like what? And, and it's pretty funny, the amount of like different definitions. We kind of think that everybody might have the same idea of like, oh, this is clearly a dynasty or that's clearly a dynasty or this is clearly a dynasty. But right. it was all over the place that what, what people said. A lot of really cool stuff, a lot of really interesting stuff. Um, I was on a Discord channel too and, and I was mentioning it and talking with people and there were some really, really fun, interesting debates going on about you know what makes a dynasty. All good debates, which is honestly, get, believe it or yeah. not, on Twitter and Discord, not always yeah. uh, <laughs> possible, but it, it tends to be that way with us. We, we have a, a nice little section of the uh the the internet that you know isn't too mean to each other it's pretty nice sometimes sure. but um no it's 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 pretty fascinating how many people define a dynasty and we're going to try to do that a little bit here uh, i will bring up some of the other stuff that people did mention uh you know to us of hey you know i think this makes a dynasty or i think this makes a dynasty um but yeah we'll, we'll, we're going to be flexible about what we call a dynasty here and and, and how to define it but we're also going to try to give you a, a, an insight into what i think you and i both think a, a quote unquote dynasty is and what makes a dynasty. And I think these tiers are a great way to do that where, um, you know, are all these teams dynasties kind of sort of, <laughs> but sure. uh, right. it's, it's, we, we try to, you know, dynasties with a capital D we try to, you know, define a little bit more here than just, you know, your other dynasties. And it's, it's tough. Like there's not, there's not as many like slam dunks. Oh yeah. Those guys are definitely a dynasty that, that I kind of thought, you know, when we were starting to get ready for the show that, okay, well there's, there's, you know, this, this, this team and this team, and it's going to be funny. We have like a couple locks that are like no doubt 100% locks and then a lot of other like hey, let's debate these teams. So, I think it should be sure. fun. Sure. Yeah, I, I agreed. And uh, you know, it's believe it or not it's been 4 years actually since we did that uh Warriors our dynasty show now. Uh after they won their third championship, you know, back to back with the second one back to back with Durant. So, a long time since we did that. Obviously the Warriors have, you know, added to their legacy uh since then. So, we'll we'll be talking uh, about that where they are, where they maybe they could get to. Uh so yeah, lots of interesting discussion here. So just uh, to kind of set the definitions here, we're talking about tiers for NBA Dynasty. So we have this defined in three tiers. Uh, tier one, dominant over a long period, only a few teams that clearly fit that definition. A couple that you know maybe you could argue, depending on how you want to make that argument. Um, tier two, superiority over a long period, plus some level of short-term dominance. So that the idea of dominance versus superiority, I think, is is going to be interesting in a couple of cases. And then tier three, I would say dominance over a short period or excellence over a long period. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. I would say uh, the tier one locks. We're going to this. I think this business, not a lot of debate on this, but we'll uh, see how it goes. So. I would say that there are three teams in NBA history that are absolute locks for a tier one dominance over a long period. Very clear, really no debate on this. Uh, first, the Bill Russell Celtics, 11 championships and 12 finals in 13 years, eight titles in a row. No debate about that. No, this is a dy- that that is the very definition of a dynasty yeah. is is that 11 titles, 12 finals, 13 years, eight in a row. That's a dynasty. No debate. No one. Should- yeah even think about debating it we shouldn't right. even spend any more time debating it lock right. it in done ready to go yeah. let's go e- easy enough the george mike and lakers six championships in seven years absolute dominance of the er- early nba but they were all plumbers though does it count oh, they were oh, all plumbers? Plumbers. Yeah. They, yeah yeah <laughs> shut up yes hey. yeah mike and yeah. lakers 
six and seven absolutely dynasty. Hey, listen, if an NBA if an NBA player can unclog my toilet, that's a that's a benefit. That's a, hey, you know what? Honestly, yeah. if they were plumbers, that's pretty good. Like that's not yeah. easy to do to play right. professional basketball and be a plumber. That's also two good incomes there. I mean, maybe not as good of an income at this time, right? But, you know, in the off season, yeah. you're you're doing pl- that's you're doing well, some yeah. pretty good work that's, there. Rotor, that's rooting awesome. out yeah. some. Pipes. I kind of need one. So if you know a professional yeah. basketball player, I listen, get, I, like, I, I've been trying to change out my daughter's sink for like two weeks. So yeah. But yeah. So if Marvin Bagley wants to come and help you change your right. sink out, I mean, respect the plumbers. Yeah, absolutely. Right, that sounds great. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. And then uh, the Michael Jordan Bulls, six titles in eight years, two, three. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, streaks of three in Dang. a row. I don't want to get Pat Riley mad. Oof, we don't want the guy that goes to Pat Riley haunting the show. Again. We just like, got that stat head sponsorship. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of stat head, it's a exciting time. So we want to take this time to let you know this episode of over and back. is brought to you by stat head. It is the most powerful research tool in sports. A stat head is powered by the sports reference sites. So you trust and use every day, including of course, for listeners of this show, basketball reference. Absolutely. Yeah. That's we, we use that. And, and, Long-time listeners of the show know that we use StatHead and we use Basketball Reference for everything that we do on the show, most everything on the show. It's probably the tool we've used uh, more than anything. Our brains maybe first. Our brains first. Um, our wit second, I guess, and then StatHead third for sure. Uh, but uh, sure. yeah, we use, we use StatHead.com for a lot of stuff on the show constantly uh, from the moment that StatHead.com released their you know uh, subscription model. We were day one subscribers and have been day one subscribers since that time. Uh, but we want you to become a subscriber to StatHead as well. And you can use our exclusive promo code BACK. That's BACK, B-A-C-K, uh, to get $20 off an annual subscription to any of StatHead.com's products. So promo code BACK gets you $20 off an annual subscription to any of StatHead's products. But we have a little bit of a bonus deal for those of you listening to the show on either August 1st or August 2nd, so it's a tight little window here from when we release this episode to when you can possibly use this promo. But if you are one of those lucky listeners, you are going to get Stathead.com's best deal they've pretty much ever done, ever. They're going to do a promo code DEADLINE22 to get a one-sport Stathead.com subscription for only $58, or you can use the promo code FREEAGENT2022 free to get the entire suite of Stathead.com products. For only $128. So again, it's Deadline 2020, uh, Deadline 22 uh, gets you one sport of StatHead.com subscription for only $58. And then Free Agent 22 gets you all the suite of StatHead.com products. Baseball reference, basketball reference, football reference, hockey reference, all that stuff for $128. So that is only on August 1st and August 2nd. If you listen to this on August 3rd, we're sorry. But hey, our deal still rules too. You can use that promo code BACK and you're going to get $20 off no matter what. So you can always use that BACK promo code. But if you are listening to this on the 1st or the 2nd, Deadline 22 to get the one sports stat head for 58 bucks or free agent 22 to get the entire suite for $128. So that is a really, really good deal. And our deal rules too. So all three of those deals are fantastic deals uh, for the most powerful tool in sports reachers. Absolutely. Yeah. And thanks to stathead.com for sponsoring this week's show, giving us the tools to take our research to the next level. Absolutely. All right, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we've got our tier one teams. Now we got to talk about tier two. So, I think the first two teams that we need to talk about are the 1980s Lakers and the Steph Curry Warriors. I think that they, you can make a case for tier one. I think in a couple of these, I think they're more solidly in tier two. Let's see what we talk about. So we'll go with the Lakers first. Uh, Yeah. So the case for the Lakers, of course, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, you know, being their most dominant players, five rings in nine years between 1980 and 1988. 
a total of nine finals in 12 years between 1980 and 91. I do want to say, you know, obviously championships are important, but getting to the finals, I think helps your case. I'm, I'm uh, with you, know, you like, too. Yeah, I, I'm definitely, right. I, 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 I think I've always been uh, pretty consistent about yeah. this. I think going to conference finals too, to me is something that I always look at. Like rings are, yeah, obviously you want as many rings as possible. When you win, yeah. like the Russell Celtics did, then you are just so clearly, obviously a dynasty and you're the best ever and, and all that sort of stuff. But, I think just getting there is huge. I think getting to the conference finals is huge, too. I mean, sure. you have to get through a lot of stuff. You have to have a great regular season. You have to have a great playoff run. Yeah. I think getting the conference finals should matter, and I think getting to the finals should matter a lot more. I mean, yes, rings are rings, and everybody yeah. loves rings, and everybody can debate rings and obsess about rings. But, yeah, getting to the finals. And to me, that's what makes this Lakers team a really interesting uh, case for Tier 1 is that nine finals in 12 years. Yeah, only got the five rings in nine years. That's still pretty good. <laughs> Let's be honest. Five rings in nine years is pretty good. But nine finals in 12 right. years, that's pretty damn good over uh, over the course of 11 seasons, too. Uh, you know, 12 yeah. years, 11 seasons. You know, that, that's that's nuts. That That's really, really, to me, uh, important, important stuff that I think should matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they made the finals in 89 and 91, even though they lost, should help their case. Yeah. For oh, being, yeah, yeah. Yeah, know, for sure. For, for being a dynasty. It's, it's like... You know, there's always sort of the Jordan, you know, they won six title, you know, they, they won each time they made the finals. But like if they had, let's say they beat the Pistons in 90 and they lost in the finals to the Blazers in, in 1990 and everything else was the same, that should actually help them. <laughs> like be, being in the finals should actually help your case. And we sometimes it's it's sort of like a a backwards thing where we think, oh, they lost in the finals. It's not as good. But actually, yeah, as you said, making yeah, oh, it it's there, so weird. Yeah. Right? And it, it happens yeah. in other sports, right. too. Like going to the yeah. Super Bowl and then losing is like worse than not going to the Super Bowl. Because like, ah, oh, this guy's right. a choker. And it's like, wait right. a minute. The, I was in the Super yeah, Bowl. The, the, like, better than the every other team. Yeah. Like, what the right. hell? Yeah, the Bills yeah. are like, look at these pile of chokers. They're like, we got to four uh, Super Bowls in a row. Right. Like, four, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, right. that's so. really good. Like, we should be commended yeah. for that. Not like, oh, man, these guys can't get can't get it done when it matters. It's like, no, we get it done when it matters all the time we just don't win this particular game yeah, but right, you know, I, i'm exactly. right with you so we, we are we yeah. are in lockstep on that for sure all right all right um so yeah i mean i would say definitely you know the other team and we'll we'll, we'll get into them later of course is the uh, larry bird 1980 celtics but you know clearly superior to the celtics over that time uh you know the 80 to 88 uh, stretch especially five rings to three rings including two to one head to head now the celtics did have three rings to the lakers two during a portion of that stretch from 81 to 86 that people kind of um, bring up, which I think is probably the main counter argument for putting them in tier one. Again, it's not quite dominance. I say there's clearly superiority to the Celtics and to the teams of the that era, not dominance. They did beat the Sixers 2-1 head-to-head in the finals between 80 and 83. They tied the Pistons 1-1 in finals between 88 and 89. They were also swept twice in the uh, finals 83-89. That matters a little bit to me. I mean, it's hard to you know, when it's hard to say dominance when you were swept twice in the finals, that's a little bit, maybe it's a small thing, but it is sort of thing. I mean, I, I, I kind of think the difference between tier one and tier two is like the difference between having like a super majority or a majority in the Senate. It's a weird comparison, but I'm going to go with it anyway. No. Yeah. And it's a, it, it's, it brings up a really interesting debate about, um, you know, to do, are you still a dynasty if you're not like, clearly superior to everybody else like it's sort of like it brings up like a planet debate you you know similar to our solar system where can you be a planet if there's like other kind of very similar sized things near you like and that you know what ended up being why they took pluto away like well pluto's not dominant enough to keep these other objects out of here so no pluto is not a planet so pluto is a dynasty in my mind i don't think (laughs) right but i think we can all agree 
right. Dynasty Pluto, definitely. And I think that was a pretty interesting debate that, that we were having on Twitter and, and, and other places as well, is that, you know, can you have two dynasties at the same time? Like, are, are, are the Celtics right. of the 80s and the Lakers of the 80s, are they both dynasties? If they were both at the same time and, and they weren't powerful enough to push the other way, they weren't powerful enough where one is sure. clearly, clearly, clearly superior. I'm with you that I agree the Lakers are, are superior to the Celtics, but I think like clear, like I think it would people would might debate you, like you said, they might debate you with, hey, that early stretch, the Celtics were definitely better. They had more, you know, they they you know they did this, they did that. And like I could absolutely see an argument to be made for that. I think overall in totality, the Lakers, you know, throughout the rest of the decade, the, the Celtics started to lose a little bit of the, uh, the the fire in the last you know eight parts of the eighties or whatever as injuries and, right. and age piled up or whatever, and the Lakers sure. kind of jumped ahead, but. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess that is a pretty fun debate to have. Is that can you be a dynasty if there's another dynasty, you know, at the same time as you? And I guess East West definitely works. Maybe if they were in the same conference, you could say, well, no, not really, because like they're in the same conference as this team. I don't know. I feel like they can both exist, and I think it. it but it does bring up an interesting point that being the Magic and Cream Lakers, because they were so superior over the course of those that decade, do they belong in a higher tier than those Celtics? And I, and I would agree with you that I- they do. They, I, they definitely belong in hierarchy. Yeah, I, it just it depends on what tier you want to put them. Right, do, right. do you is there a case for tier one, or is it just because again, like the Celtics were a strong team during you know equally uh, a dynasty? I'm going to put quotes around dynasty um, here, but yeah, I think the Celtics are more of a tier three dynasty. But I, I do think that a the you know, the Lakers can be a tier two dynasty. The Celtics can be a tier three dynasty. Again, being flexible with that dynasty word. If you want to say great team or whatever, you want to substitute something else, that's fine. But I don't think, but I, yeah, I, I don't think they can both be in the same tier at the same time. And I don't think that the Lakers can be a tier one dynasty because they didn't show that clear dominance over yeah. that time. Yeah, and I would ultimately. agree. Ultimately, I would agree. Okay. Okay. Um, so how about the uh, the Steph Curry Warriors? What do you think about them? Yeah, they're an interesting one too. And this is this you know when we were talking with people, one person brought up a debate that they thought that the Curry Warriors were even more important of a dynasty and maybe belonged in a, in, in a separate tier in tier one or whatever because stylistically they changed the NBA too. And that was a really interesting thing to think about where I had never sure. even thought about the style of play. I'm just thinking about okay rings and finals and success and that sort of stuff. And and someone said, well, you know, what about completely changing the game like <laughs> completely right. radically altering the way that basketball is being played doesn't that maybe put you in a different tier where, where this team everybody had to basically change how they were playing how they structured teams how they you know yeah and I don't know if we're exactly doing that show but I think it is an interesting thing to think about is is you know not only did they have dominance over a long period but they were so dominant that other teams were like well we need to completely change how we play basketball because we well how we're playing basketball we're never going to beat these guys so we have to change how we play basketball we have to change what we do we have to change how we do and that's that's an interesting thing that's definitely an interesting debate that that you know it'll go to some other quote-unquote dynasties that we're going to talk a little bit later um where the similar things happened where it was like, all right, well, these guys are so good that teams are now altering how they're building their team to try to compete with these guys. And I think that makes them a very, very interesting case uh, for tier one. I probably want to put them in tier two, but they do. I mean, it's going to be an interesting thing. Let, let, let's talk through it and we'll, we'll figure sure. that out. But I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm really close to putting them in tier one, but, but let's, let's talk it out and see. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, you, you got four rings and six finals uh, in eight years from 2015 to 2022. They they made five finals in a row. Um, and I do think, yeah, that especially that five in a row 
matters. The, the Russell Celtics are the only other NBA franchise to have made the finals five or more times in a row. And even with two losses in that stretch, I think that's unique and special, obviously deserves consideration. Oh, so, and, and especially in this league. I mean, yeah, you have the right. Celtics of, of that league where obviously it's still a very tough league, but the Celtics are like just smarter than everybody. They know what they're doing more than every other team, uh, basically in basketball. You know, in the modern era, you have a lot of very smart people running a lot of very smart teams. Not all the teams. You know, the Kings do exist, so there's not all smart people running smart teams. But for the most part, every team isn't run – you know, it's being run as efficiently as possible with as much data as possible with as much – you know, all this sort of stuff. And yet still these guys make it to as many finals as they do. And they're right there with the Russell Celtics. That has to matter. It just has to. Even with the two losses, that has to matter getting there that many times in a row. Sure. Now – What's what's counts against them, of course, is that they had a weird two year dip. You know, one year they have the worst record in the league. That's obviously, you know, extenuating uh, circumstances, you know, you, you know, basically oh, yeah, you, a little, little yeah, intentional they, too. Hey, they, Steph, how's that hand? Uh, it's doing okay. Oh, no, 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 right. it's doing yeah. bad. I mean, Steph, what are you talking yes. about? I can, I can play. No, you, no. Right. You're so good. yeah, they, they lose Durant. They, uh, you know, they, Clay Thompson's out for basically two seasons. Um, you know, Steph's almost that entire year. So, um, it's not like they were playing with the full deck, and then the, and then the next year, you know, they they kind of get their their bearings. They they barely miss the playoffs. They get the play in, but they lose in the uh, they do not make the playoffs. Um, but of course, yeah, then they come back and win the championship this year once they're kind of at uh, full strength again. So, um, it, yeah, but but obviously, I think the being the worst team in the league, uh, you know, during that eight year stretch, you know, one of those seasons that hurts your case for dominance, uh, even does. with the extenuating circumstances. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously their main competition was LeBron James. Uh, you know, they had four straight years, you know, facing, uh, the Cavs in the finals with LeBron. They beat LeBron, um, and the Cavs head to head three to one. Um, yeah, if, if, if they'd won all six finals, I think absolutely clearly, you know, would be a tier one team. Uh, they could still, you know, and, and they could still get there in theory. I mean, they're they're not necessarily done yet. Um, you know, a couple of their key players, obviously, Clay and Draymond are, are older and not as strong as they used to be. But they do have Wiggins, who's, um, you know, not, not still pretty young, still in his prime. Steph's obviously amazing and they've got a lot of uh, talented young players. So stretching it out, uh, you know. Is a possibility. I mean, if they win another championship, they have two. You know, they they have two back to back championships. Um, you know, f- five finals in, or you know, five championships, seven finals in nine years. Let's just say that they win it next year. I don't think it's super likely, but it, you know, it's not out of their own possibility. Um, you know, maybe one more gets them to a clearly tier one. I think they have a case. Um, I think the other thing is like how much. Like, were they dominant over LeBron or were they just superior over LeBron? Um, I mean, we're going to more, we're talk about more about LeBron individually later. Maybe we, we can re-talk about that once we get to LeBron. But um, I think that's worth discussing as well. Yeah, and it definitely is. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you that maybe I'm going to put them in Tier 2 right now. If they win another – if they come back this year and win a title – I think they're probably tier one. The worst record in the league, that, that's a tough one because it, it's always you're always going to look at that and go like, what the heck? You know, there's going to be people 25 right. years from now, 30 years from now, right. they're going to look and go, what the heck happened with that? You're like, we're, we lived it. We're living it right now. So we kind of are well aware that it was not exactly, it was uh, yeah, extenuating, yeah. 
intended circumstances in a lot of ways that this sure. was kind of the goal. And it, it again, speaks to yeah. a different NBA where it's like, ah, you know what? Having the worst record in the league is not the worst thing. Cause we'll get a good draft pick. We'll do that sort of stuff where, yeah, right. that'd be unheard of. And like, the Russell Celtics sure. years or they, Hey, they're smart enough. They maybe would have done that too, but uh, right. uh, they know right. what they were doing, but it definitely does sure. hurt it. I mean, there's, it's such a clear and clean. Those other teams we talked about in tier one, the Russell set, it's clean. You look at their basketball reference page and it's just like, Oh yeah, look at these guys. They're just winning titles and they're winning all these games every single year. Jordan Bulls, same thing. The, it, it does. It just looks weird when you look at these warriors and go, wait, what happened here with these two years? Uh, right. But I think maybe, like you said, if they get those back-to-back titles, if they, if they win this year uh, and, then, and and they get that, you know, they go back-to-back again and, and they win another you know title, then maybe it looks a little cleaner and it looks a little bit more obvious. And, and maybe you forget those two years or those two years don't really matter as much because it's like, wow, look at what they did. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you that maybe tier two uh, for now. Uh, the stuff about LeBron, will, I, I think that'll be fun to talk about when we get to LeBron because he's kind of a we, – we quoted him as a single-player dynasty because obviously he moved yeah. around uh, a bunch of different places uh, during that sure. time. But, uh, no, I agree. I, I would I would put him in uh, – or I'd put the, the Curry Warriors in, in Tier 2 for now. But I think very, very close to becoming a Tier 1 team. Okay. Yeah, I – I would say that's uh, well, we will revisit that when we talk about LeBron, but I'm I'm with you on that. So now we've got a couple of other tier two candidates, and they and these um, there's a lot of variability here depending on what you define them, what era you're 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 talking about. So um, the 2000s Lakers and the 2000s Spurs. So. Basically, yeah, we're, we're talking about two candidates from roughly the same period. The I'm going to put Kobe in quote Lakers and the Duncan Spurs. Obviously, the early 2000s Lakers are more, you know, be, Kobe obviously very important, but Shaq obviously the best player on those teams. Um, so we got some decisions to make about the 2000s Lakers before we get them head to head. So for the moment, let's just say that we're going to put the 2000 to 2010 Lakers together and call them one dynasty, which is going to be a controversial position. I don't, don't know how you feel about that. Um, Rich, I, we did a poll on Twitter and our, the listeners who participated in that definitely were not a fan of that. I actually do think there's a case there, but for the moment, let's just put them together and see what we um, come up with. And then we'll talk about whether that's uh, it merits it or not. Yeah. So, yeah. It's, it's really weird. Yeah. This is a, it, it's, there's kind of one path that connects them all, but there's also kind of no other, there's like, there's like a few little things that connects them. And, and it does seem like it shouldn't be the case, but then you kind of look at it and you're like, ah, you know, probably, you know, sort of is, you know, I, I don't know. It's very, it's a very interesting thing because there was those kind of four years in the abyss and (laughs) where, you know, things were just a little strange and there's the Rudy Tomjanovich year and there's Swish Parker's there. And you're like, I don't know, is this the same? But then, you know, the, two of the three most central figures to that first part of the dynasty are part of the second part as well. And that it definitely brings up a very, very interesting. Yeah. I I don't know that I have actually comfortable with either way. Still, I'm still very weird because there's, I I will, I will one day be like, no way. These teams are totally different. Come on. There's no way. And then the next day I'll be like, ah, Phil and Kobe, the Lakers, come on. (laughs) Why not? You know, but yeah, it's, it's really weird. I, I, I'm glad our, our, uh, our listeners helped us uh, settle that debate sort of kind of. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So if we put them together, the 2000 to 2010 Lakers. I can't make up my mind. Yeah. All right. All right. They have five rings and seven finals in 11 years. 
uh, versus the 99 to 2007 Spurs, who have four rings and four finals in Niners. We're going to set aside the 2013 and 14 Spurs, at least for now. We'll get into that comparison in more detail below. First, let's talk about the Lakers, the arguments for putting those Lakers together. So putting the basically the 2000 to 2004 and 2008 to 2010 Lakers together. So the two stretchers, they both have Kobe, obviously. They both have Derek Fisher. They both have the same coaching staff, same ownership, same executives, um, et cetera. Is that significantly different from the beginning and the end of other comparable dynasties? For, for example, Tim Duncan, only common player between the 1999 and 2007 Spurs, 2003 and um, 05 and 07 Spurs. However, you know, all of them had Duncan, Bowen, Ginobili, and Parker. So a lot of continuity in those last three championships for the Spurs, but Duncan is the only one there at the beginning. Um, right, Duncan and Pop. And the, are, are the, and the well, yeah, Popovich, obviously, yes, as well. So, yeah, I mean, similar to, you know, yeah, similar to the Lakers in um, that way. So that's interesting, right? I mean, that, um, I mean, Duncan began with David Robinson. You know, David Robinson was, pro, you know, was arguably, I mean, they were like neck and neck on the on that first team, but, um, you know, David Robinson was an extremely important player yeah. uh, there, and they didn't have him at the end. So, I, I mean, that's too, that's certainly similar to the, um, the the Shaq situation. They just got there in a different way. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. And, yeah, when you look at, like, some of those Tier 1 teams, you know, Russell Celtics, yeah, there was a few guys that came in and out. But for the most part, that was, like, a lock, locked-in team for most of the time. Yeah, a few parts, you know, would drop off here and there. But uh, the right. bulk of the guys were there forever. The Mike and Lakers, very similar as well. The bulk of the guys uh, were there. And the Jordan Bulls, I mean – other than adding, you know, or swapping out, you know, Horace Grant for Dennis Rodman, basically, like it's exactly it, it's it's Phil, it's Pippen, it's Jordan, and but with that said, like and this, yeah, I mean, all the su- yeah, all the supporting players change. That's for that's the, true. Uh, so it does yeah, make a, right. a very interesting. Yeah, it's like the the, right. the supporting cast of the second three in a row was definitely uh, a completely different. Uh, then the first one, I mean, yeah, Ron Harper, uh, you know, Steve Kerr, all these guys are, are there in that second run. Tony Kukoc that are not there in that first run. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Right. It, it does it does bring up an interesting point. Is like, well, why do we hold those dynasties? It's like, oh, yeah, those are cool. And then this one, which, you know, the key, most of the key pieces are still there, except for obviously one giant key piece. But I right. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. that It, it would be similar I, to like if Pippen left the Bulls. After, you know, Jordan retires, Pippen gets traded to the Sonics or whatever, and then Jordan wins three titles with Sean Kemp or whatever. Like, are we then still calling that Jordan Bulls a dynasty? Probably, right? Like, yeah. I think. But well, should yeah. we? Well, like, I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. Let's say let's say Jordan retires and somehow the Bulls get Shaq. And Shaq and Pippen win, like, championships with – let's say Jordan never comes back. Or, yeah, or I don't know. Like, yeah. And let's say the 99 Bulls and are still have Pippen and Shaq and then they win a couple titles. Like, yeah, that that's – that doesn't seem like that would be kept together. I, uh, that right, doesn't seem right, natural. Right. I yeah. wish that I mean, sounds great to me. I wish and, that scenario happened, and, by the way. <laughs> and, that's and they much had, better than yeah. what did happen in Chicago. And they had Phil. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, that that one scene does seem very different um, to me, but that's just hard. That, that's a hard mental thing. Yeah, I, it, it's difficult. But yeah, some of the others, I mean, Russell and Sam Jones are, you know, only players who were there the first two years of the um, – and the last two years of the Celtics dynasty, everyone else on the first Celtics title team had retired by 65. So they, a lot of them were there for a long time, but uh, a lot of, you know, there were only a few common players there, mm-hmm. but the only, 
Yeah, the only common players from 59 and 66, which is the first and last year of the eight-year run, were Russell, Sam Jones, and Casey Jones. So, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of changes to those teams yeah, okay. at the beginning yeah, of the true. end. Yeah, M- Magic was the only player on the 80 and 91 Lakers. They also had different coaches, and uh, Magic, Kareem, and Cooper were the only ones who were both on the 80 and 89 Lakers. So, um, yeah, a lot of lot of changes there to um, you know Jordan Pippen, the only players who are on the both the 91 and the 96 Bulls. So not even at the end of the Bulls, you know, the beginning of the of the second three in a row um, was only Jordan Pippen, Phil, obviously as well. So. Yeah, I don't know. And also the down period for the Lakers, you know, wasn't as far down as it was for the Curry Warriors. It was it was one season longer. But, um, you know, I, I I think that there is a lot of um, cases, but we do have some arguments against as well. Um, if you uh, a, a, a few arguments against as well, if you want to get into that. Yeah, let's do that. So the, the, the two stretches, obviously, that we mentioned here, um, you know, 2000 to 2004, 2008. 2010, both Kobe and Fisher, same coach staff that you said. Um, you mentioned the Duncan Spurs, where the connection kind of stays the same, all that sort of stuff. Uh, the arguments against, really, I guess, would be that Shaq and how important Shaq was to that first run. 2000 to 2004, he wasn't part of that later run, but he was so, <laughs> so important to that right. first run and, and so dominant, uh, especially in the early couple years, that 2000, 2001, like that year, it's just Shaq. Is, it, Kobe does catch up a little bit in later years. So when you do look at that, the, the entire run, they're not that much different. They're, they're you know, scoring-wise, Shaq's at 27 points per game during that stretch. Kobe is at 26.2. So it's actually not as big of a gap as you would think. But again, Kobe does a lot of catching up in those final couple years uh, there. 12 rebounds per game for Shaq. Obviously, he's going to have a lot more rebounds than Kobe. Kobe only has uh, you know, six rebounds. Uh, Shaq's going to have 2.6 blocks per game. On the flip side, Kobe, 5.3 assists per game uh, effective field goal percentage and I think that may be for people that watched those Lakers years um, Shaq had 57.6 effective field goal percentage Kobe had 48.1 obviously Kobe's taking difficult shots he's taking mid-range jumpers he's doing all this sort of stuff Shaq is just you know backing guys down and throwing his nuts in their face basically every single time and it was it was pretty wild like you know, you know like yeah sure like stat wise it might not seem that different but like go and watch like the 2000 finals go and watch like the 2002 finals it's like yeah Shaq is so clearly like the reason that team is as Kobe's a, obviously a great part of that team a great part of that team very important that team doesn't win titles without Kobe they're not getting anywhere close to that I mean Shaq was just so dominant at that time so crazy so nuts at that point and that's where I think the debate then kind of resides is that now he is gone from these other teams. What happens in then Kobe well, and Luke Walton are the only guys between the 2004, right. 2008 uh, Lakers. Uh, <laughs> uh, Phil and Fisher right. both leave and come back. Uh, so Phil decides, hey, I'm done with this coaching thing. I don't want any of this. The Lakers say, hey, Rudy Tomjanovich, this is going to work great. Uh, that lasts, what, 35 games, 36 games or whatever. And then there's, what, Fred Hamlin or something, Frank Hamblin or whatever. Hamlin, yeah, yeah right, comes yeah. in. That didn't work all that well. Uh, Fisher comes and leaves. He goes to Utah, I think. And then he was on another team after that, I thought. The Warriors. And then, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah was right. Oh, Warriors, right. then Utah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And right. then he yeah. comes back. So you have coaching continuity. You know, for, and, and, and sometimes these do change coaches. But they tend to be mostly promoted in-house or former players or something like that. The Lakers have that very weird. I don't know how much we, you know, it doesn't script the dynasty enough to have this weird Rudy Tomjanovich year uh, right. smacked in the middle there. Does sure. it matter enough to script the dynasty? Does it script the lineage a little bit more than it should? I mean, the, the Bulls one, again, is pretty clean. Phil's there the entire time. 
it, it works yeah. out pretty well. The Celtics one, you go yeah. from red to Bill yeah. Russell, which is fine because Bill Russell's been there no matter what. So it feels yeah. like a straight line. There's just this weird Rudy is yeah. just like what? <laughs> Get hey. out of here. That's crazy. Like it'd be like if now, Steve Kerr got like quit and Mike and not even if Mike Brown was the coach. I'm trying to think of who like the Warriors could hire for you know three years and it would be like I don't know. That's kind of sure. weird that, that guy was the coach. I don't know if that's still keeps yeah. it but yeah coach i think that's important too to keep that lineage alive is that same coach but do we do yeah. we kill them because there was the one random rudy tomjanovich here i i don't know yeah well i the lakers uh the 80s lakers had four coaches you know it's true they, yeah right right yeah. right yeah right so yeah i mean now yeah i mean obviously riley got promoted within you know mike dunley was just kind of there at the end so what you know it was, <laughs> wow. it, was it was mostly riley but yeah it was definitely um yeah you know, there were other coaches obviously involved as well. I always forget um, that Dunleavy coached that year, that team that last. Year. Yeah, right. <laughs> just like, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh yeah, there's uh, oh, yeah. Dunleavy. Oh, yeah. How's that yeah. going? Not great. All right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. All right. So yeah, it, it's it's tough. I mean, I, yeah, and obviously the case. I think the the case is both. Um. So let's let's just let's just go. Let for the moment let's let's just stick with we're gonna consider the two thousands Lakers as one entity and let's compare them to what the two it would be versus two thousand Spurs. So yeah, let's do that. Again, the Duncan Spurs four rings in nine years between ninety nine and two thousand seven, five rings and six finals in sixteen years if you go between ninety nine and twenty fourteen. So I would say five rings in 16 years probably stretching the term superiority over that time i mean they're they're excellent over that time and we'll get into exactly how excellent they are but i i think superiority during that time there's other teams that i think were mark were superior to the uh spurs um during those stretches now four rings in nine years definitely a better case so how long is it fair to stretch things out so if you look from the years 999 2010 uh, the Lakers have five rings in seven finals. The Spurs have four rings in four finals. If you look between 99 and 2014, the Lakers still five rings, seven finals. They were over 600, um, 11 seasons out of that. Uh, the Spurs, five rings in six finals, uh, over 600 all 16 seasons of that, which is obviously pretty amazing. Um, so is it fair to extend this far? It's certainly the Lakers were attempting to win the championship. They're putting t- teams together that it thought could do so. T- 2013 is, of course, the now this is going to be fun Kobe Nash to white team. So it's not like the Lakers gave it up during that time. They were still trying to win championships, basically, uh, during the thing. If we do extend it out, the Lakers do have more finals over that period and the same number of rings that the Spurs do, they, but they did have down periods that the uh, Spurs did not have. Yeah, and I think that's that's that makes a really compelling case for the Spurs that yes, in terms of making finals, winning finals, maybe they weren't there as, as you know as, as much. They were obviously right. the early part of the decade, they're there. They win in 1999, they take a little bit of a break, you know, they make a conference final in that time. They get back at it in 2003, they win a final. Uh they then win the finals again in 2005, then again in 2007, and then, you know, there's this period where they're not, you know, winning titles. They go to, you know, the conference finals in 2008. They go to the conference finals in 2012. They lose the finals in 2013. They win the finals in 2014. And otherwise, I mean, they're winning in, in, in 2011. They win 61 games that year. And they lose right. the conference fi- in the conference first round, which is kind of the, right. one of the bigger the, upsets. The right. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it, almost one of the bigger playoff upsets in NBA history. It's like, what in the sure. world? Like, how is this happening? Right. So, yeah, I, I do wonder if now I, I, you know, regular season is regular season. But the fact that they just never fell off, like they were always winning 
50 plus games. I mean, the one year yeah. they only win 50, but otherwise they're winning 54, 56, 61, 58. Like they're winning a ton of games in this period as well. It's they are still very, very, very competitive, but not dominant, like you said. So that, this this brings yeah. up the excellence thing. It's like you, right. there was a period where you weren't scared of the Spurs as much as you were like, ah, the Spurs, they win a lot of regular season games, but I don't know. Are they going to ever be able to get back there? So it made, it made right. which is cool because it made the 2013 and 2014 Spurs that much more fun because nobody expected them to ever get back there. It was right. kind of like, uh, yeah, they're kind of playing out the strings of this dynasty. And yeah, these guys are starting to get old. And then all of a sudden here comes Kawhi Leonard. And it's like, oh, whoa, <laughs> yeah, like here's a right. shot of energy that this team needed. And then they're off to the races and they, they you know, go to back to back finals. But for people that weren't living in that time, they kind of became kind of became like playoff chokers. Remember that there, there was this period where it was like, yeah, the Spurs used to be able to like get it done in the playoffs. And now they just, you know, have a great regular season. They went 58 games and they go to the playoffs and they just kind of can't get it done. They can't get over the hump. They can't do that. So but I don't know. Does that I, again? I think when you when you preface it by excellence versus dominance, I think that's perfect. They were an excellent team throughout this entire period. They were right. not a dominant team, and they were not probably clearly superior over the right amount of time. No, to say, right. I yeah, agree. To, I would to agree. Put them in, in tier two. So 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 yeah, a little more to get to, but I think that's kind of where I'm concluding as well. So yeah, head to head, Lakers. Uh, if you look at their their playoff uh, you know battles during this time, the Lakers actually won four times. The Spurs won three. Uh, the 99 semis, the Spurs won for nothing. The t- 2001 Western Conference Finals, the Lakers swept. Uh, 2002 West semis, the Lakers 4-1. to one. 2003 West sem- semis, the Spurs 4-2. to two. 2004 West semis, the Lakers 4-2. to two. 2008 Western Conference Finals, the Lakers 4-1. to one. And the 2013 first round, the Spurs uh, was swept the Lakers. Kobe was out that with that one with the... Uh, with an injury. So, uh, you know, it's close again, um, you know, in the playoffs, because it's head to head. All these things are pretty close. Ultimately, I think that we have three realistic options here. If we consider uh, the Shaq, Kobe, Gasol years to be, you know, one dynasty with an interruption in the middle. So I would say either the Lakers win with a slight edge over the Spurs over that, that stretch, they end up as a tier two dynasty that they were slightly superior over the Spurs and the Spurs end up as tier three because they qualify with excellence over a long period. Or we consider it a tie, and both of them are considered tier two. They were equally superior. I, I, that one's kind of hard because I don't think you could be equally superior. Um, <laughs> and then we consider it a tie. Both are bumped down to tier three. They were both excellent, but neither of them can quite uh, claim uh, superiority. So yeah. uh, also, the you know, um, if we... And then if we consider it the separate, it's actually a fairly similar result. But let's talk about what we think about that first. Yeah, yeah. So if we consider, you know, man, I don't know. Yeah, so if we consider the Shaq and Kobe and Kobe Gasol things to be separate, it's, like you said, kind of the same result with the Spurs, too. The Duncan Spurs, four to nine years, 1999-2007, clearly superior to the Kobe-Shaq Lakers. Three in a row, four finals in five years. I would say no, uh, especially when the Lakers win the head-to-head battle in the playoffs. But the Kobe-Shaq, they're not superior to the Spurs either really I mean they were they they, they kind of were but not enough oh man do but yes yeah, so right. both get bumped to tier three neither team's peak stretch quite long enough to make it to tier two the Kobe Shaq Lakers dominant over a short period but not superior over a long enough one the Duncan Spurs excellent over a long period but not clear superior for a long enough stretch I guess you can make dominance for them between 2003 and 2007 but it it, it yeah. feels clunky and weird. Even if they made another finals between nineteen ninety nine and two thousand seven, it's still kind of strange. I don't. I I think 
the best way to do it is probably put them both into tier three. Right. I think is probably the be- best way to do it. If the Kobe Shaq, you know, Lakers stay together for a little bit longer and maybe win another title or hell, if they win that one, um, the, the Peyton Carmelone one or whatever, right. then maybe you right. put them there. Cause that, that then is a huge stretch. That's, of, of, that's of a dominance. fourth. Yeah. yeah that's, that's a, a big, right. big, yeah. Four in a row is, is tough. I mean, that, that's or big. four and five, but yeah, or four, uh, four and five. Right. Yeah. That's a big, right. I mean, that, that's a huge, 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 huge run there. So that's long enough. I think that they would definitely be, uh, tier right, two right, right. So I, I would agree even, that yeah. puts them in tier one or tier two for me, maybe even in tier one, but because right, exactly. that doesn't exist because there's the break, because there's the smush Parker Kobe years that aren't, that good right they're fine but they're not that good uh i don't think that you can put them into tier two i think they end up in tier three and i think the spurs i love the spurs i think it's a pretty fun dynasty you know i I think they need to be considered a dynasty but they don't need to be considered like a top tier dynasty they are definitely a tier three dynasty just because they weren't superior i mean even when they were winning titles it never felt like they were superior in the same way like right and and a lot of people brought up that they never had the uh back-to-back um you know, the, right. the, the, oh, yeah, the, yeah. the right, first right. ever did. Yeah, which which I think was important to a lot of people. It, it's not it's not essential for me, but I see why it's important. It, it, why, it's, yeah. it shows superior. Yeah. It shows like wow, this is a team that like needs to be reckoned with every single year in the league. Sure. And then it right. had that. They would like kind of pop off and people would be like, ah, it's the Spurs, and then be like, you know, all of a sudden they'd win the title, and you're like, Oh crap, the Spurs, they're good again. Right. Like, wow, yeah. they're they're so good. And they they you know, they that's how they and it never like living it too and watching it, it never felt like holy crap, here come the Spurs, like watch out for them in the playoffs. They always kind of felt like a surprise that they're going to kind of work you in the playoffs and 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 slowly and methodically win a title versus, you know, when they walked into the arena, it's like, oh, crap, we're going to get destroyed. And that's how the Kobe Shaq Lakers felt like, oh, my God, okay. like, what are we going to do against this guy? This is over. So I, I would agree with that. I, I think they're both tier three uh, for right. Yeah, now, but right. Yeah, I, I think if we if we put the if we put the two Lakers groups together, I would say I would probably put them in tier two. I think they show a slight superiority over the Spurs during that time. But if we keep them separate, then I think yeah, the the Shaq Kobe Lakers go into tier three, um, three titles in a row, four titles in in five years. You obviously dominance over a short period, um, but not quite long enough to um, make it into uh, tier one or, or tier two. So. Um, yeah, so then we again the Duncan Spurs three rings in five years, four and nine years, or five and sixteen years. You know, either way, what whether you consider them dominant over a short period, that's questionable. But excellence over a long period, obviously, yeah, is that matters. Not. Okay, right. So now we've got uh, the Larry Bird Celtics, uh, three titles in six years, five finals in seven years, four finals in a row. Um, and I would say, yeah, if they were not clearly behind the Lakers in the same period, I think they would have a case for tier two, but obviously they weren't superior to the Lakers. So I would say, um, you know, yeah, it would, it would make sense. The, the only case we kind of discussed it before is that, yeah, they had more titles than the Lakers between 81 to 86, but also you could say, well, Hey, the Sixers, you know, kind of smoked them between 80 and 83. Uh, they were two to one head to head in those, um, circumstances so i i again i I would say i'm comfortable with them being in tier three yeah they were always around they always hung around they were again excellent prolonged excellence for sure i don't think you can call them superior i i just don't think you can i mean they're clearly not superior to the lakers and yeah there there were a few other teams that popped up like you said there was yeah the the pistons at the end too yeah Yeah. i was gonna say the sixers at the beginning and the pistons at the end challenged them and 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 did you know, kind of take them to the limit and, and in some cases right. beat them and stuff. So it's like, yeah, it's right. hard to call them superior. Excellent. No doubt superior. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I, yeah, I would agree. So, okay. 
Uh, now we've got the 1970s Pacers, ABA. Yeah, we're gonna bring ABA dynasties, yeah. baby. This counts. Right. ABA counts, baby. It does count, yeah. Three and the NBA finally made the ABA count, too. I don't know if you uh, saw yeah. this uh, when we're recording this in, in July of 2022. They finally decided, hey, maybe we should help the ABA players get medical bills. I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> probably about, I don't know, 20 years too late, but... I guess better late than never, the, the yeah. NBA finally well, well, acknowledging that yeah. ABA players might also need uh, medical help sometimes, yeah. too. So. Hey, I mean, yeah, it's great that they finally did that. Again, definitely overdue, but, uh, you know, dropping down foundation who, you know, we interviewed, um, you know, really did a lot of good work to oh, get that going. That, that's really awesome. Get it done. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so the 70s Pacers, three titles in four years, five finals in seven years. They did win back-to-back championships. I would say right on the border of Tier 2 and Tier 3. Um, they were clearly the superior uh, team in the league for most of those seven years. Were they long? And, was it long enough? Uh, the two teams that made the finals but didn't win in 69 and 75 were kind of both outliers, somewhat lucky to make it that far, especially the 75 team. If you look at it year by year, in 69, they were winning percentage 564. They were second at SRS. They lost in the finals 4-1 to one against the very dominant Oakland Oaks. 1970-702 winning percentage, second in SRS. They won the finals. Uh, 71, 690, uh, second in SRS again, lost in the division finals in game seven to the eventual champs. Um, 72-560 winning percentage, third in SRS, won the finals. 73-607, fifth in SRS, won the finals. They uh, By then, by 72 and 73, when they won the back-to-back titles, they, they tended to coast during the regular season then, and then be um, great in the playoffs. Yeah, Obviously, yeah, yeah. the 2000s Lakers did that to a degree, too, so it's not the only team that ever did that. Um, 74, they were 548, fifth in SRS, lost the division finals. So 75, 536, fifth in SRS, lost the finals 4-1. to one. So, um you know they they weren't they weren't definitely like they weren't quite a dominant regular season team, which I don't know how much that actually matters um, here. But I mean that that speaks to dominance at a, at a certain level. Um, yeah, I don't know. I do we think that they quite make long enough? Um, yeah, you know, I I yeah. probably put them in three. Um, okay, I, I think they have a case for two. Yeah, uh, I think the regular season part does kind of hurt them a little bit, and plus. I really wish in 1971 they would have just won that because if they win that, it's a no-brainer for me that they're yeah. they're easily in tier two, uh, maybe even a possibility of because then you have you know, losing in the finals, winning in the finals, or at least in 71 making the finals. Like losing in the division right. finals in a game seven to the eventual champs does matter. That is important, right. but still, like I kind of wish they had made it to the finals that year because then you have lost one, lost or one, one one, uh, and then another year after that, you know, losing the. So right. I, yeah, I don't know. I I, I think. That 71 year just bothers me that they <laughs> it right. kind of interrupts everything. And sure. I don't know. It, 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 it's tough. Yeah, they're they're really good. And they belong on this list. They are a dynasty. Absolutely. Uh, I probably am going to put them in tier three, though. OK, uh, I, I think that's fair. I think they're right on that border. But I think tier three is uh, is totally reasonable. Yeah, I, I mean, I would say, again, yeah, assuming we're putting the Warriors and the 80s Lakers in tier two, I think they're behind both those teams. Right, so I, right, think, right, I, right. Think, I think tier three um, makes sense. Um, all right, so now we have the Havlicek. So, okay, this is going to be a stretch, but, but hear me out of this. So going to look and see if we could consider the 1968-76 to 76 Havlicek Celtics a dynasty. So um, I don't know if you might call this like a spinoff or a branch dynasty, but <laughs> if, if you're – yeah, if you're talking about this team. So, so we had a previous episode where we um, – 
concluded that we thought that John Havlicek was the best player of the 68 and 69 Celtics. Of course, the last two years of the Bill Russell run. But by, by at that point, obviously, Russell, really important, still had arguments for being the best player, but we decided that Havlicek was probably the best player on both those teams. So um, Havlicek joined the Celtics in 63, was on the last four title teams of the eight-year run, wasn't really a go-to player until 67, although he did collect two second-team all-NBA nods before then. Um, and again, as we arguably, in fact, we argued it was the best player on those last two title teams at the end of Russell's career. So the 69 and 74 Celtics, they won the championships in 74 and 76. They do have some continuity in addition to uh, in addition to Hondo. And of course, you know, Red Arbeck still is the, is, the, uh, is the team president. There's Don Chaney. There's Don Nelson. Coach Tom Heinsohn, of course, was part of the Celtics dynasty, although he was not involved directly with the 69 Celtics. So I don't know. Again, he was the best player probably of three of the four championship teams. Um, you know, I, I this is, I think, just more maybe an interesting thought exercise than uh, a continuing dynasty. But but any thoughts into that? No, it's an interesting one. And it, it speaks to what I was talking about a little bit earlier, where I think continuity in terms of the coaching staff, continuity in terms of the management, I, I think all that stuff does kind of matter. And that's what makes this. Havlicek Celtics a really weird thing I think people kind of underrate or just I don't think about these Celtics for some reason but they you know Russell retires and they have you know a a brief blip but then they're like right back and they're still dominant Havlicek like you said is really really good on on those final teams and and yeah we argued it uh, on the episode we did a couple weeks ago with that he is arguably the best player of those 68 and 69 title teams and yeah the continuity I think does matter and and does make this a really interesting case like i i don't know that we can uh, you know attach these on to the russell celtics but yeah i don't know if it's a spinoff or kind of like a a, a, a like a, a child dynasty or whatever but yeah there's a lot of continuity between these things uh, right. tommy heinson obviously a part of the early celtics um I, so yeah and they played a similar style yeah I mean, they were yeah. still yeah they, they were still, still kind of running the show and and, and right, keeping things right. together don nelson's there don cheney's there Sure. Uh, it you know kind of looks and feels the same. You know, it's just Havlicek's in place uh, of the other guys. Uh, the dominance still feels like oh crap, the Celtics are still here and they're not going away. Yeah. Like uh, you know, Jerry West would probably consider them all one. Thing. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, they, as yeah. he tosses and turns at night and goes, God damn sure. it. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously, they were not the same, had not the same level of dominance in the 70s that they did in the 60s. But yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of continuity. I think, I think it's an interesting thought exercise at, at the really. I think you could make the case that, yeah, you could, you could consider this team to be, uh, like I said, a, a spinoff dynasty or whatever. And, um, and, um, you know, ha- have them be a, a tier three dynasty. I think they have enough accomplishments in that time that I think you could definitely make that case. Absolutely. All right, so who else is in the mix? If you're just looking at uh, teams that have multiple titles over a short period of time, would you consider any of these to be dynasties? So uh, first we have the 2011 to 2014 Heat. The Heatles uh, won two titles in a row, four finals in a row. Any case for them as a candidate for Tier 3? Um, I would say if you look at the other teams that have made uh, four finals in a row, you've got the 57 to 66 Celtics who won 10 in a row, the 82 to 85 Lakers, the 84 to 87 Celtics, the 2015 to 18 Cavs, and the 2015 to 19 Warriors. Of course, it made five in a row. So um, 
you know, we we're, we can get into the other teams that won back to back titles or or had like a you know similar uh, stretch of multiple titles over a short period. But what do you think? Do you think there's any case for the Heat as a tier three dynasty? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a weird one. We're going to talk about single player dynasties a little bit later, and I think because the NBA changed so much during this time, and 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 players moved around a little bit more freely, including LeBron himself, I don't feel comfortable calling this Heat team a dynasty, but I do feel comfortable calling like LeBron a dynasty, which we're going to get to here right. in a bit because right. he is the central figure in like two of those teams that you mentioned there of, of going to, you know, four finals in a row. He's the reason those two teams are really go to those four. I don't know that I can call this heat one. I, I just, I don't know that I can call him a dynasty. I think some people might, um, I could see the argument that people would make. I just don't think they are. I think it was too short. Uh, I think there was a, a lot of turmoil in the beginning and the end that, that kind of takes it away. I don't know. It was, it, 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 fl- it, it was a big deal for a little while, but it didn't feel like it's sustained enough for me to truly, truly call it a dynasty. So I'm going to go, know that the Heat are not a dynasty. Okay, yeah. So if you look at the other teams that are multiple titles over a short period, uh, you've got the the 2008-2010 Lakers who won two titles and made three finals. Again, this is not considering yeah, part of the overall COVID. Yeah, yeah. And, and this team uh, by itself, no way they're a dynasty. No way. Right, ex- exactly. Yeah, 94 to 95 Rockets, two titles in a row. 88 to 90 Pistons, two titles and three finals. The 74 to 76 Celtics, if we're not considering them part of a larger Havlicek dynasty, two titles in three years. 74 to 76 Nets, two titles in three years. And the 1970 to 73 Knicks, two titles and three finals in four years. So, yeah, I, I would say. might call the Knicks a, a dynasty, but uh, I would agree <laughs> right. that they are not. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I would. The only reason I would consider the Heat like a little bit above the rest of these is because they did make the four finals in a row, which right, is a right, very, right. very rare occurrence. But yeah, I'm I'm agreeing that I, I am agreeing with you that they're not um, by themselves part of one. So yes, so single player dynasties. We did discuss this, you know, four years ago on the on the other show, but I, I have a few expanded thoughts here. So obviously things have changed. For example, uh, LeBron. James has another championship with a third franchise. So <laughs> if you combined the Heat, the Cavs, the Lakers over the 10-year period, 2011 to 2020, uh, they have LeBron four rings and nine finals in 10 years. Um, you know, they're, so if you were going to unite them all into, into one dynasty, um, you know, you if you compare them, their, their main competition, of course, would be the Steph Curry Warriors. Um, and... They would have, you know, the the Warriors obviously have the same number of rings during that um, period as well. Or I guess if you had to go through the 2022 period um, and head to head from 2015 to 2022, LeBron has two rings and five finals versus the Warriors, four rings and six finals during that period. So if you linked all these teams together, if you consider the LeBron to be teams to be one dynasty Probably tier three because of I would say the Warriors of the same stretch were superior to the LeBron teams. Obviously, the head to head, the Warriors beat LeBron's teams, um, uh, you know, three to one. Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I I think you can definitely call him a dynasty, you know, into itself a single player dynasty. Uh, right. You cannot call it a superior or a dominant. 
uh, team excellence throughout the entire time for sure. Going to you know Absolutely. ten finals in, in in those in the or going to nine finals in those ten years that is excellence for sure. Uh, it's not dominance. It's just not. And 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 was he a dominant player? Yes, but did he make his teams dominant teams? Where every single time did they you know feel like they were going to win a title? It, it didn't. Right. It felt like they were going to compete for a title that they might get close to winning a title. But there were sure. a lot of those years too where it's like especially like the Kevin Durant Warriors versus the Cavs years. It was just like a formality. Like all right, LeBron's in the finals, uh, but here come the Warriors and they're going to completely buzzsaw through. Uh, the the LeBron Cavs and they did they, you know most times they did uh, he did put up great fights valiant fights in a lot of those sure. won a bunch of titles in 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 those but nothing felt dominant in terms of like what we're talking about like for for, for you know dominance in terms of dynasty stuff he's not there so I I, right. I think excellence for sure single player dynasty of tier three which is a hell of an accomplishment for one player uh, to do but absolutely I I don't think we can put him anywhere higher than than tier three sure. And then if you put the Julius Irving Nets and Sixers teams together, uh, three titles and six finals in 10 years from 74 to uh, 83, they did lose to the Lakers twice in um, in the finals. But, you know, and, and I I don't think it's quite as – because, I mean, the Heat, Cavs, Lakers, there were a lot of – obviously there was not continuity in terms of franchises, which is important, but some of the players did, you know, move from the Heat to the Cavs and to the Lakers. You did play with a lot of the same players at different times over those uh, teams. So there was some continuity, too. There was no obviously no key second player that, you know, was on the, all those same teams. It was more role players. But um, in Irving, yeah, there definitely is not, you know, much continuity between those teams besides um, Doc. But it is, you know, pretty fascinating that he can go from one situation to another situation and, um, you know, whatever team he's on is going to have, you know, basically almost all those years they were in a competition to go to the finals. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I think a lot of people probably wouldn't think of this initially, so I'm glad you put this in there. But, yeah, there's a lot of dominance there with really serving, and it sucks because, like, a lot of his dominance comes during the, the you know, the NBAs and professional basketballs, you know, one of its biggest down periods where you know, right. people just didn't, really you know care that much about the league and you know it's on tape delay and all that sort of stuff and right. as he kind of bows out is right when every everything kind of explodes and the tv uh deals come and then bird magic sure. and, the, or, and, and all that sort of stuff but it sucks because right. like dude was great dude was a really 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 good player but he's just i for some reason never really a lot of people won't consider him in that top top tip tier but yeah i mean Three titles, six finals in ten years, combined with the ABA, and the, that that counts. That should count for a lot of stuff. Uh, yeah, does it count absolutely. as him in any of these tiers? Is he a dynasty? I don't know uh, exactly. I don't know that I have a really good feel on it, but he definitely deserves uh, some consideration for it. But yeah, I don't. I don't know if I have a good feel. He's probably out of. I, I don't know if I totally consider him a single player dynasty, but yeah, I don't know. It's it's strange just because. There is some, uh, and it's it, the two leagues make it weird, and the jumping between the two. I don't know. It just makes it kind of strange and weird, and I don't know where I'm at with it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely a different situation. Uh, and I, yeah, I don't know if I really even buy the idea of single player dynasties, but I think it's an interesting thought exercise. And mm-hmm. It's fun to think about anyway. So, um, yeah. And then the other third third player would be uh, Will Chamberlain on the Warriors, Sixers, and Lakers between '64 and '73, two titles and six finals in ten years. Uh, now his teams did lose to the Celtics in the playoffs five times, twice in the finals, and to the Knicks twice in the finals during that stretch. So. Uh, you know, uh, I'm not sure if I exactly would even put uh, these teams in that third tier, you know, even if I were like linking them together. But again, another interesting thought exercise, another guy who's like, yeah, he's going to give you a chance to uh, compete for a championship yeah. pretty much um, every year, even though obviously they uh, you bumped into the uh, the Celtics uh, buzzsaw a lot of those times. So. Absolutely, yeah, it makes it tough because yeah, just because the the playoff 
failures and the finals failures again. But like we said, I, I think getting there does count and <laughs> getting there should count. Uh, but with Wilt, though, it does feel like there's an extra sting there because it's like every time he faced the Celtics, it was just like, yeah, you're going to. And then losing the two Knicks. Like, come on, don't lose the Knicks. Come on. <laughs> Beat those Knicks teams. What are you doing? Right. Man? Yeah. But, yeah hey. He makes it tough. Wilt makes it tough because he is. I mean, he, he as as being Wilt, is dominant. He is a dominant player, a, a, a superior player to everybody else. But team-wise and, and success-wise, he just doesn't have it on that level. So, yeah, it, it's excellent for sure. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he's at. But uh, it, it's... That's you, you, when you when you put it in that context, he's a little bit more you know successful, and I think a lot of people give him credit for. But yeah, right. losing to the you know Celtics five times in the playoffs is, is it makes it pretty tough. So yeah, um, yeah, no, but it, it is really interesting. Yeah, I think it frames it's, his career slightly different if you kind of link those teams together. And mm-hmm. I, I think with the yeah, it, it's. I, I think considering the single player dynasties this way uh, again in quotes, I mean, it, it, it sort of gives them a little bit of context that like, you know, to c- kind of compare them better with, you know, like, you know, the Tim Duncans or Kobe's, you know, or Magic Johnson, whoever, you know, was with the same team, their entire careers. It kind of, you know, it's a, a more, it's a, better way to link them together i guess in a way if you think about you know those accomplishments by the uh, you know wherever again i wouldn't do that for every player but for guys who were clearly you know the best players on their team clearly the you know the drivers of the championship during those times i I think it's fair to at least you know do the thought exercise for that even if we don't conclude any of them yeah again you know the dynasties obviously most of the fans of these teams would be like what the hell are you doing linking these teams together that's absolutely not not what you would do it it sort of bastardizes the idea but again i think it's interesting thought exercise yeah yeah and and and, you know for some guys we we give bonus credit obviously when a guy sticks with the team for his entire career at least for an entire dynasty and in some cases that that should be i mean that that does kind of make it's clear continuity keeps them together all that sort of stuff Right. Uh, in the case of LeBron, like, yeah, do you want to dock him because he's bouncing between a bunch of different teams? Yeah, you could probably dock him if you want. Like, some people might give it credit that, hey, this guy can go to a different team and just immediately that right. team is, is incredible sure. and good and, and yeah. great. And the Wilt thing is even a little bit more different because there was other circumstances that led Wilt to go from the Warriors to the Sixers, that led him to go from the sure. Sixers to the Lakers. He's sure. not in the era of, like, you know, LeBron's able to kind of call his own shots and say, hey, here's where I'm going to yeah. go because I want to go there. Wilt didn't necessarily have the exact same option or, or, to the extent you know Irving didn't really either as well like you know it just kind of sort of happened for him as well I mean do these guys kind of push to you know maybe move to different places do they you know play a part right. in that maybe but it's it's I don't think we should dock these guys as much like if you want to dock LeBron for bouncing between different teams and moving and going all that sort of stuff yeah but I don't know if you dock Wilt the same way because uh, it's just right. a different era that he's playing I, in so some people I might mean, say oh because Wilt got traded like he can't be you know Bill Russell never got traded I mean Bill Russell you know and it's like well yeah but like Bill Russell played for the Celtics who was you know right. a franchise that knew what they were doing and were stable and had all that sort of stuff Wilt not eh, not so much so yeah great all right well uh, Rich this has been a, uh, a fun conversation this is a uh, yeah, like glad we got a chance to uh, dig into this hopefully the uh, listeners uh, enjoyed this but it was a it was a fun time Absolutely. Yeah. Appreciate this. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, don't forget to uh, check out uh, stathead.com. You can lose use our exclusive promo code BACK. That's B-A-C-K. Get $20 off an annual subscription to any of stathead.com's uh, product. If you're listening to this August 1st or August 2nd, you can use the promo codes DEADLINE22 to get a one sport stathead.com subscription for limited. $58 or code free agent 22 to get the entire suite of stathead.com products for only $128. So uh, 
check out uh, stathead.com. Uh, definitely, uh, definitely great product, as we mentioned, uh, essential to uh, what we do for the show. So uh, thanks to all of our listeners. Thanks for checking us out. You can, of course, uh, find us on uh, any uh, streaming platform. If you could leave us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate that. We are on social media, Twitter and Facebook at over and back NBA. So feel free to uh, yell at us nicely for, uh, for what, how we've defined a uh, dynasty <laughs> or anything that we've done that you feel like is uh, wrong. Always uh, some great debates in there. So thanks again for listening and we're back again soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.